Hello, beautiful listeners, and welcome back. My name is Courtney. I am here with my spouse, Royce, and together we are the Ace Couple. Today, we are finally sharing the story. It's a good story of my first drag show. Uh, if you've been a listener of ours for a while, then perhaps you have heard me mention on a couple of occasions that I had a stint of performing in a drag bar that unfortunately got cut short due to a certain pandemic. But you'll recall that I very much love drag. I love our local drag scene. I love our local queer community very much so. But... Things weren't always so nice and easy to uh, really get into the local scene. I have a hilarious story. I'm, I'm delighted to share it with you. It's quite a doozy. But before we get into my fiasco of <laughs> attending my first drag show alone, uh, I want to hear from you, Royce, because you, before we met, went to a drag show and... Tell us how how your first drag show was. Well, kind of awkward sort of sums it up a little bit. Not in a particularly eventful way. Like, I wouldn't call mine much of a story in the way that yours is. But... Well, Courtney and her stories, you know. Yeah, I, I had a friend who was going out with a couple of other friends to see a drag show at a local gay bar and invited me along. And I did as a fairly quiet, anxious, antisocial sort of person get the general ribbing of like, oh, the drag queens like pull people out of the crowd or like you might get some attention or something like that, like before going there. So not really knowing what to expect. I just went into it a little nervous, I guess. In hindsight, I can see now that, you know, at the time as an early 20 something who was just kind of settling into what asexuality really meant and having little to no understanding of neurodivergence or anything at that point. I mm -hmm. definitely see how historically I find situations where I'm plopped into a very different like cultural environment very jarring mm. because my innate masking tendencies just go out the window. Yes. It's, it's like this, <laughs> I, I don't know how I'm supposed to act in this situation anymore. And the prospect of acting somehow abnormally or embarrassingly is like a big deal. And that's why those masking behaviors are so strong. And so I was, I mean, I was just kind of quiet. I was just going along with the show. It was obviously gay bar, Friday, Saturday night, whatever it was, drag show. Very, very sexual. Just in the nature of the performance, the dialogue, this is just like, that is the atmosphere. And I hadn't been in a public environment like that before, so that was all new. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember anything particularly jarring, aside from just the sort of culture shock of it all. I do remember there was a drag king who at one point was doing a performance and like kind of hopped onto the lap of a friend of a friend who was sitting right next to me and I was like oh this is kind of awkward they like, <laughs> they like started making out right there and the only thing oh, I could no. think was like oh they're right there and also she's in a relationship oh no I, I didn't know like what the boundaries of that relationship were but that was all very this is odd is this okay is this does this happen every night here they were full-on making out yeah that's that's honestly 
wild. Like I, I have been to so many drag shows that I know that certain styles of drag shows are very like audience involvement. And some of that does bleed into like, what are the parameters of consent here? And as, as a very sex averse asexual, that's always like a little bit of a concern of mine, but I also very much understand the culture and know how to integrate into it, but I have never seen anything like that, that overt with an audience member. That's really, really odd. It it was a lot. (laughs) Cause that's very different from, I find that drag and burlesque communities often have a lot of overlap, at least in our local area. And with like burlesque performances it's very explicit like as the audience member you do not touch the performer (laughs) like there's very much a culture of that and wow that's a lot i think i think i would also be uncomfortable if a performer just started making out with an audience member period but especially right next to me (laughs) yeah aside from that i mean it was pretty uneventful i don't remember much else about the night aside from just the fact that there was a performance and that I was sort of paying attention to some repeated lines or jokes coming from like the DJ towards the performer that the audience were clearly in on. Like Mm. there was, there was clearly a, there were regulars here and there was a culture that I was just kind of seeing for the first time. Yeah. But nothing else really of note happened Besides that, apparently I exude enough sort of like nervous antisocial energy that people just kind of <laughs> left me alone. So oh, no. <laughs> Which is interesting because as someone who presents male, you're very attractive to a lot of gay men that I know. And that was very much a concern of mine when I started performing at the drag bar and you started coming to see me. Yeah, people just don't come up and talk to me in public. It doesn't happen. It's wild to me, especially because obviously like my closer friends in the local queer community who had like been to our house, like they knew you or they'd see pictures of us together. There were constantly like comments of like, damn girl, like like, that's your husband. Damn, lucky. And can I get a piece? And I'd be like, absolutely not. (laughs) Don't. Don't talk to Royce. (laughs) But that's also sort of the, like, performativity of the sexuality of drag scenes. Like, people done up in drag and out on the town would have that air about them, but then it would be, like, a lot more casual if everyone was, like, you know, in boy mode, just hanging out on an off night kind of a thing. So... I'm glad you didn't actually get picked out of the audience. I'm sorry you had to see a performer making out with an audience member. That's very unusual to me. My first drag show was also deeply uncomfortable for different reasons. Very, very, very different reasons. Where even were you? It was it was after we got married and you were out of town for some reason, which is weird for you. It was a work trip. I think this one was California. Because mm. there were two out-of-town work trips because big parent company was doing all these acquisitions and restructuring and whatnot, and for some reason decided to fly people across the country to do things that like a few virtual meetings would have solved. <laughs> but hey, why not fly everyone out to California? 
So, yeah, you were out of town and I was still at home, which is not very usual, but it was a really goofy night. It was like a Tuesday or something. It wasn't like a big weekend party night or anything like that. And I was like, well, Royce is out of town. I have the night to myself. What am I going to do? Let's find something. Let's go have some fun. And and I got it in my head like, I want to go see a drag show because I had not become acquainted with the local drag scene at all yet. In my hometown in South Dakota, there was very little of that kind of culture. We had like one gay bar and it was very small and drag was not like necessarily a central focus of it. But I knew Kansas City had this big bustling drag scene. And I was like, well, I, I want to get in on that. And so not knowing where to go, still being relatively new to the area, I just went to like Facebook events. <laughs> I was just searching like local Facebook events looking for a drag show. And I found one. And it was in a bar that I had never heard of. It was very out of the way. It wasn't in, like, the Kansas City proper. It was in one of the smaller outskirt metro cities. And not really knowing much about what I was getting into, I was like, yeah, I'm up for an adventure. Let's let's go to the drag show. <laughs> Rice is out of town. I want to see some drag. <laughs> And, oh, my friends, this had to have been like... So a thing about me, I don't think I experience embarrassment in the same way normal people do. I think that's an accurate statement. <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> so when I say that this was probably the most like embarrassing string of events to have happened in recent memory is saying something. <laughs> and the whole time I'm like, all right, I just want to see the drag queens perform and I'm going to go to a bar and I'm going to have a drink, which is also a thing that prior to this, I hadn't really done. I hadn't just gone to the bar with friends. So I wasn't even thinking about like, what am I going to order for a drink when I get to the bar? It did not even occur to me. I just wanted to see the drag queens. And for for how like little experience I had going out at the time, like let me put this in perspective. Basically, the only drink that I had had at a proper bar was actually at a hotel bar a few months earlier cuz we had gone back up to visit friends and family in South Dakota for like New Year's Eve. And we stayed in a hotel where some friends came and hung out at the hotel with us. And one of these friends was like, oh, well, let's go down to the bar and let's have like a, a shot at midnight. And I was like, great. And this friend used to be a bartender at one point and like mixed drinks at home and things. So was like very more like, I guess, literate in, in drinks <laughs> than I was at the time. So I just let them lead and everything. I was like, I'm just here for the ride. So we went down to the hotel bar and, and said friend ordered us both lemon drop shots. 
And I was like, oh, I like lemon. Great. So we got these little lemon drop shots and we did them. And I was like, yay, ringing in the new year. And and it was tasty. I like lemon things. So I, I was like, great. And that that was about it. I hadn't really done much experimenting with alcohol by this point. Yeah, you had had like some wines at people's houses and maybe a quick cocktail or or something. I'd have like, yeah, a glass of red wine. I think at someone's house, someone at one point made me a mojito and like, that's about the extent of it. Aside from like when my grandma tried to like give me drinks when I turned 18, which I was like very much still underage at that time. My grandma, such a character, she went to Costco when Costco was like brand new in our town. So it was a big deal. Oh, we have a Costco now. And she got this like large bottle of rum chata. And when after I turned 18, I just went to visit her one day, as I often did. And she was like, do you want to try some rum chata? I was like, sure. I don't know what rum chata is. But she poured me a huge freaking glass of it as if it were a glass of milk. And it was way sweeter than I like my drinks being. So I didn't think it was particularly good. But she was also like, what's wrong? You've hardly touched your rum chata. Don't you like it? I was like, no, grandma, I, I like it. It's it's fine. <laughs> so so had no idea how to handle just... Being at a bar and going alone too was was quite a choice, but I I like adventures, so we're going all in on it. So I pull up and this place is so out of the way. It's in an area of the metro I had never been in before. And it was a very divey place. Like I got the impression that this is not even a gay bar. They just like had a pop-up drag night. <laughs> Which is fine, but it was very divey place, and I I didn't know bar culture at all. So I walk into the front door, and they're like charging a fee at the door, and I was like, "Oh no! I don't think the event I saw on Facebook said that there was there was a fee at the door, and it was I don't know like five dollars or something, and I didn't have any cash on me. I didn't think I needed cash, <laughs> but." I had a, a massive purse, and I've gotten better at this over the years, but at the time I very much had this OCD quirk where I needed to have my purse on me at all times, and I needed to have basically anything I could possibly need at any given time. So I would just have the weirdest things possible in my purse. I always carried a pair of chopsticks, which came in handy way more than you would expect. I'd often have food and snacks in there. I would have, like, ibuprofen band-aids, like, prepared for all emergencies, like, mom of the group energy. If you need it, it's in my purse. And because I just had this massive, like, hoard of stuff slung over my shoulders at all times, even though I didn't have any, like, cash in my wallet, I was like, wait, there's almost always, like, a pool of coins and change that has assembled in like the bottom corner of my purse so when he was like i'm sorry like we it's five bucks to get in i was like wait we can turn this around so i go scavenging through my bag i'm like pulling all of my things out 
And this poor guy is just, like, watching me distraught as I'm, like, pulling out coins. And I'm like, quarters first. I'm like, okay, I got, like, $2 worth of quarters. We're good. We're going. And then I'm moving on to the dimes. And I then started, like, pulling out pennies. And it was miraculous how much change I just had in the bottom of my purse. I don't know how I lived like that back at the time. I really don't. But I got, like, maybe just over four dollars of change and i'm (laughs) this this poor guy didn't say a word while i for minutes am fishing out coins he is just staring at me looking utterly depressed like what is my life and (laughs) after i think i'm like okay i think that's all of my coins this massive pile of coins sitting in front of him and i'm like i'm so sorry it's not quite five dollars He just sighed. (laughs) He just went, go in, go sit down. And he's like shoveling these coins off of the counter. And I was like, thank you. I'm sorry. I'm I'm so sorry. Thank you so much. I'm sorry. And so I I go and I I pull up a, a chair at the bar. And I was like, all right, that was pretty awkward. That was unfortunate. But I'm here now. I'm gonna order a drink at the bar, and I'm gonna watch the drag queens. It's gonna be a good time. (laughs) And so this bartender comes up to me, and I'm looking around frantically, like, hoping there's a menu. (laughs) I'm like, where's the drink menu? (laughs) It's a dive bar. They don't have drink menus. But I didn't know, at, at that moment in time, every single name of a drink that I have ever heard in my life just flew out of my ear and evaporated into the air. Because I was like, I don't know what an alcohol is. How do you expect me to order without a menu? And so he's like, what'll you have? And I was like, uh, um, um... <laughs> And I'm, I'm frantically searching my memory for any drink name, just any drink. And at the time we were watching the IT crowd, and there's this scene where Moss from IT crowd is ordering a white Russian. And it's this whole like comedic gag that he's ordering a white Russian. And so I was like, that's a drink. So I was like, I will have a white Russian, please. And this bartender, I kid you not, is like, oh, sure, great. What's in those again? And I was like, crap. <laughs> I'm like, uh, white, white Russian. Um, uh, vodka? <laughs> I, I had no idea. I had no idea. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I don't know how to make a white Russian. And he's like, well, I mean, if you knew what was in it, I could probably throw it together for you. And I was like, I, so I was like, um, okay, I'll have... A lemon drop shot? (laughs) And the look on this guy's face, he was so puzzled. He was like, just a lemon drop shot. I was like, yes, yes, I I want a lemon drop shot, please. Thank you. (laughs) He was like, I can like add this, that, and the other thing and make it a full-size drink for you and it'll be the same price. I was like, good idea, do that. And he was saying words that I had no association with. I didn't know what he was talking about, but I was like, yep, thank you. Good good idea. Good plan. Go forth, do it. And so he, he goes and he starts mixing a drink. And to my horror, he brings me back something blue. And I'm like, why is this drink blue? <laughs> so I was like, I, I don't even care. I'll drink this weird blue drink <laughs> because I'm here to watch a drag show. Gosh darn it. We're going to have a fun time. 
So I pull out my credit card and I hand it to him and he goes, oh, we're a cash only bar. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I was like, I'm so sorry. I just gave all of my cash to that poor guy up front. (laughs) And he was like, we have an ATM right up front. And I was like, oh, oh no. All right. And to my horror, I don't know why this guy at the front door didn't tell me that there was an ATM. But it was, like, within my eyesight. Maybe he was just like, I don't want to insult your intelligence by telling you that there's literally an ATM right next to you. (laughs) But he should have, because for some reason, I didn't see it. So I had to walk right by him. And he was watching me the whole time. (laughs) And so I walk right by him up to the ATM, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't know there was an ATM here, so I'm putting in my card, and I pull out some money, and I like, I had a $10 bill, and I was like, this is double what the door fee was, but I just made this poor guy, like, watch me count coins for minutes, so I just, like, walked over, and I just, like, handed him the $10 bill, and I'm like, I'm sorry, here you here you go, <laughs> and, like, scrambled back to my seat, and... <laughs> So and I was like, okay, I have cash. I have a blue drink. <laughs> I properly paid my way into the show. <laughs> Nothing's going to stop me now. <laughs> and I was like, yep, that 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 was an unfortunate series of events, but we're we're golden. I did not like this blue drink, by the way. It was not a pleasant blue drink. I don't know why it was blue. I ordered a lemon drop shot and I got a blue drink. Actually, I ordered a white Russian, (laughs) and I was challenged on what's in a white Russian. (laughs) So, it was just a catastrophe. But while I'm sitting there, the, the host comes out, the show starts up, and this poor guy from the front door walks up to me and hands me a couple of tickets. And he's like, we're doing a... we're doing a drawing, we're doing a giveaway tonight, and... I didn't give this to you before because you didn't pay the full fee, but now that you did, like, here's here's your ticket. So I was like, okay, thank you. Sorry again. And so I have these little tickets. I'm like, okay, they're doing a drawing. And I wasn't expecting much from it. But then a bachelorette party comes in and it was just the worst Because there were, like, pink sashes that was, like, bride-to-be and maid of honor and bridesmaids. And they were were so loud and they were so obnoxious. And, like, one of them had, like, an inflatable penis balloon. And I was like, this isn't what I came for. But I kid you not, they called male strippers. They had male strippers come to this dive bar in the middle of this drag show. And it was the worst. (laughs) It was awful. Because now I'm seeing these, like, really buff, muscular men take off their shirts and dance around and, like, swinging their shirt over their head and, like, being really sexually promiscuous with this bride-to-be. And I was like, this is not what I came for. I did not want this. (laughs) I was quite upset. But that, that, like, that ended. And I was like, well, that was unfortunate. But I'm going to watch the rest of the drag show and the rest of this night is going to be great. I ordered like a second blue drink even though I didn't like it, but I still could not think of a single other drink. So when the bartender was like, do you want another one? I was like, yep. (laughs) Yep, I'll have another one. (laughs) And then my friends 
You can't make this nonsense up. I won the raffle. They pulled my ticket out of a cup, and this host, this drag queen, was, like, reading the number and was like, Get on up here! So I was like, Oh my, I won the raffle! So I walked up to the stage, and the, the queen's, like, riffing with me and having a good time, and I was like, Oh, this is great! And she was like, So let's find out what you won! You won a 30-minute massage at the massage-slash-tattoo parlor next door. And I was like, massage-slash-tattoo parlor? <laughs> I've, I've, I've never heard of such a thing. But they pull out this, like, paper certificate that's, like, good for a 30-minute massage. And I had never had a massage in my life. And I wasn't sure I was particularly interested in getting a massage. But she was like... Oh, in fact, I think your masseuse is here in the building with us today. Such and so, why don't you come on up here? And the guy from the front door who is passing out tickets <laughs> and taking the door feet walked around the corner, made eye contact with me, sighed and looked at the floor. And kept his eyes on the floor while he walked up to the stage and stood next to me and would not look me in the eye again. <laughs> and was standing right next to me. And she's like, oh yeah, he's a wonderful masseuse. He works at the place next door. And, and I was like, no, this is <laughs> mortifying. But it, it was also hilarious because, oh my goodness. And so... For the first time ever going to a bar, being totally on my own, no witnesses here with me, nobody to share in this beautiful stew of embarrassment, I take my paper certificate and I'm like, I am never cashing this in. <laughs> Absolutely not. I am not going to get this. But I'm, I might frame this certificate though, because this is quite a story. And so I go and I sit down with my second silly blue drink for some reason. And then I go to text you because I, I, I text you and I was like, boy, you will not believe the night I'm having. And you were out having drinks with people from work at that time. So you just like texted me a picture of this fancy margarita at a place. And you're like, oh, we're having margaritas. And I was like, margarita, that's a drink. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that would have been when I was in California, because whatever I, picture I sent you was a drink that was on fire. On fire margarita. But, yeah, I, I was like, okay, well, while you're having your fancy on fire margarita, I'm drinking something blue out of a plastic cup. <laughs> and I really wish I would have thought of the word margarita a half an hour ago or an hour ago. <laughs> So yeah, all in one night, I made a fool of myself counting coins at a bar, only to find out that it's a cash-only bar. <laughs> Had to go to the ATM right next to the guy who watched me count coins. Had an awful drink that I had no idea what was in it, or why. Twice. Twice. And I was subjected to male strippers. And then they're like, you want a massage from the guy who doesn't want to look you in the eye because you have just been hopelessly weird in front of him all night <laughs> and he's had it with you and never wants to see you again <laughs> so that was my first drag show quite quite an experience although now that i think of it my first 
actual massage that I did get, which was not from that guy nor from that establishment, was also very peculiar and quite a story. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, heck, we have some time. <laughs> Let me tell that story. <laughs> so I, I've never really known if massages would do much for me because I live with chronic pain and... My grandmother for a period of time was getting massages and she was always talking about how nice it was. And I was like, I don't know if I want a stranger touching me. There was just something about it that seemed like even if it feels good on my muscles, I don't think I could properly enjoy it. So I never really thought about getting one and like they're also kind of expensive and it's like I might be really uncomfortable the whole time anyway. It might not even help my pain for more than an hour or two. So I, I was just not particularly interested in redeeming my free massage <laughs> for a number of reasons. But there did come a time it was actually right after my grandmother died, we had a lot of things to do. A lot of, you know, tying up loose ends after a family member dies. There's a, a lot of stuff you need to do. Cleaning out the house, paperwork, stuff like that. On top of the obvious grief that you're experiencing in that moment. And I was just in a tremendous amount of pain, but I still needed to travel to finish up some of these things. So kind of just a, like, desperate attempt to do something that might help. I decided, well, I'm gonna try to get a massage and maybe it'll be fine. And I didn't know where to go, so I was just kind of googling local places. And I found a website for a guy who seemed just like super nerdy and cheesy and like the website was all kind of like pop art, comic book kind of themed. And the website was just like riddled with puns all over the place. So I was like, well, maybe this, maybe this is the guy. <laughs> maybe this is where I need to go. And so I like scheduled an appointment and he asked to call me and talk about like what my goals were and what I was looking for. And so I kind of explained some of my medical issues and how I wasn't sure if this was actually going to help anything, but I kind of just needed to try something to get me through this period of time. And he was very, very professional and very understanding, and he even, like, did a little bit of his own research about some of the medical terms I was mentioning. So I was feeling just, like, really comfortable and confident. And he had this, like, massage parlor set up in his house. So this was a residential area, and the address wasn't posted online. It was, like, after you book an appointment and we talk, then you'll get the address. And it ended up being, like, shockingly close to where we live. Like, I was really, really surprised at, at how close he was. So I was like, all right, well, we'll, we'll just give this a try. <laughs> and when I showed up, he, like, popped his head out the door. And, of course, I'm wearing what I normally wear in public, which is very elegantly outlandish, gothic, like, very, I, I don't know, I guess extra <laughs> is the best way to describe it. And he pops his head out the door and he's like, oh, you do dress like that every day. And I was like, what? 
And he was like, yeah, I've, I've heard of you and I've, you know, I've seen videos with you in them and stuff. And I was like, oh, this guy knows who I am, which I guess shouldn't have been all that weird to me because as a local person, like I was currently nominated for like a best Kansas City influencer, which was a total fluke. I don't know how that happened. But that was the year I won, like, Kansas City Best Local Craft Artist. So, like, people knew about me, either locally or nationally or internationally, if they were interested in, like, the hyper-niche area I sort of occupy with my work. But it really took me off guard to show up to just a guy's house to get a massage, my very first massage, and for him to be like, oh, I wondered, you do you do dress like that every day. That's not like a character that you put on <laughs> for for TV and YouTube. And I'm like, nope, I, I dress like this every day. <laughs> and so we get into his house and he's like, oh, before we go to the tattoo parlor, he's like, here, have a seat. And is is like motioning me over to a couch to sit down at. And he's like, because you are an artist and I highly value your opinion, I'd love for you to tell me. And he he's wearing glasses. He goes and he like opens up a drawer and he takes off his current pair of glasses and reaches into the drawer and picks up another pair and puts them on. And he's like, what do you think of these? <laughs> I was like, they look good. I, like, I, I like them. And he's like, really? Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. He's like, are they better or worse than the ones I was wearing before? And I was like, you know, actually, I kind of, I think I like these ones a little better. And he's like, interesting, interesting. And he's like, now tell me, what do you think about, and he takes those glasses off and he breaches into the drawer and he pulls out another pair of glasses and puts them on. What do you think about these? And I was like, those are nice too. <laughs> and he's like, really? And he's like, so if, if we're rating, I'm like, one to ten. <laughs> he like had me rate these glasses and I was like, I don't know if I like them as much as the last ones you had on. And he's like, I see, I see. So he's like, so if these ones are like, uh, a seven. What What are these other ones? I'm like, oh, those ones are probably nine. He's like, a nine? That's that's pretty good. And he's like, but tell me. And he takes off those glasses and reaches into the drawer and pulls out another <laughs> pair of glasses. <laughs> and he puts them on and he says, what do you think about these? And at this point, I was like, why? <laughs> why do you have so many pairs of glasses? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and I, I, I swear he goes on to one at a time model like five different pairs of glasses for me, asking me to rate all of them one through 10 and asking for my opinion. And when I decided like one was like, oh, those are probably my least favorite. And so I like rated it something under five. And he was like, thank you very much for your honesty. <laughs> he was like, this is wild. <laughs> so then he, he puts all of the glasses back into this drawer, closes the drawer, and puts on his original pair of glasses that he opened the door with. And I was like, what just happened? But he was like, you're an artist. You have a fantastic sense of style. I highly value your opinion. So he just had to get my opinion on these like five different pairs of glasses that he had in a drawer. It, it was just the most peculiar thing. And then he goes, all right, so before we go into the massage parlor, I want to be fully transparent with you. I don't currently have my massage license. I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and, and he was explaining like, 
I do actually know how to do this. I had a license at one point. There was some sort of weird licensing thing. I don't remember the details if it was like moving from one state to another or something, but he was like, I just want your full, I want full transparency. I don't want to lie to you or mislead you. And I was like, man, this is maybe a conversation we should have had over the phone before I got here and before you modeled all of these fine glasses frames for me. <laughs> but then he was like, do you still wish to proceed? And I was like, well, gosh, I guess I'm here. <laughs> like, I'm already here. So fine, let's do it. And that was that. I, I had the massage. It was okay. As I kind of hoped and, or as I kind of feared, it didn't do much for me long term, so I never went to have another one. But that was also very much a situation where I was like, I didn't know, like, massage parlor etiquette, and like, yeah, I, I, maybe I should have Googled things before going to get a massage, but he was like, oh, here, I'll, I'll give you some privacy while you, you know, take off your clothes and get on the bed and everything. And despite the weird, like, comments alluding to the fact that he knew who I was and the, the glasses modeling and all that, he was very, very professional and he was very nice. It was just a strange situation all around. <laughs> and like, I didn't feel comfortable getting, like, completely nude, so I left on, like, my underwear, and he seemed really surprised and, like, taken off guard by that, but I was like, I don't want to be completely nude, and I got the impression that that is what is expected and what you're supposed to do when you get a massage, because he was like, oh, all right, we, we can work with this, <laughs> and I was like, my friend, <laughs> too. Like, everything is weird about this situation, and I refuse to believe that my keeping my underwear on is, is the weirdest part of this whole situation. <laughs> so, perhaps needless to say, I, I never got another massage again. <laughs> and I don't think I will anytime soon. But it does sort of make me wonder, like, what exactly would have happened if I did go to that massage slash tattoo parlor to redeem my free 30-minute massage? <laughs> With my silly, like, it was just printed on printer paper. Like, someone just made it at home and printed it out and was like, free massage. You could have tipped in coins. Oh, no! <laughs> hang on a second. Let me get your tip. Oh, no! <laughs> it's, it's in the bottom of my purse. But that's exactly what I would have done. And you know I would have. <laughs> Just the absurdity of it all. So yeah, I don't know what it is about me... But I have a lot of just weird off-the-wall stories of things that just happen to me... When I go out into public alone. <laughs> or with other people. Sometimes, sometimes I do have witnesses and I am in a group when weird things happen. But I feel like my uh, weird things meter is um heavily skewed. I don't think the average person has as many weird happenings as I do, <laughs> as perhaps some of our friends could contest. But yeah, now I'm wondering what, what would have the conversation been like if I did go to redeem that massage? Because when I actually did get a massage years later with someone totally different, 
we were talking like the whole time we were talking about like death and grief and he was asking me questions about my hair art and at one point I actually think he ended up telling me like some stories of a good friend of his who is a sex worker also and I, I found them fascinating but the whole thing I was like we are getting into like really kind of heavy and taboo topics and I don't know if it's just because we're both weirdos and had very weird filters for what is and is not appropriate conversation. <laughs> or if just getting a massage when someone is, you know, in such close contact with you, if if things tend to go that direction. But I can only imagine if I had actually gone to the tattoo slash massage parlor. I, I still can't get over how weird that combination is. I don't know why why that exists or existed. But like, I feel like either it would have been so tense the entire time and just absolutely no conversation whatsoever, or we would have secretly ended up becoming like best friends. <laughs> but we'll never know because I chose to keep that a weird memory and not go back to see what could have been. Sometimes things are better that way to just leave it an odd memory. But that is all we have for today. I hope you enjoyed the odd little story of my first drag show and my first massage. That was kind of kind of a two for one bonus package. Feel free to tweet at us at the Ace Couple if you are interested in more weird story times. Because in the grand scheme of all my weird stories, those two are actually pretty darn tame. Those are probably the normaler stories I have. <laughs> So I got loads of others if you want to hear them. They aren't all necessarily pertaining to ace things or queer things, but hey, some of them are. Let us know if any of you have any weird stories from your first drag show. And we will talk to you all again, same time, next week.